Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's go ahead and get to it. Um, we know that at Wopsy, this is the year of systematic breakthrough. The year of systematic breakthrough. It was introduced to us on New Year's Eve, and then we talked about it going into the new year. We talked about it on first Sunday, and then again on second Sunday with part two. And so today, we are uh, journeying on with part three of Systematic Breakthrough, all right? So we can, we can go over some vocabulary words and some key elements from last week, and then we'll dive right in. Um, I don't plan to be before you long today. Uh, we, you know, the people who are in-house, we got to get y'all home safe before the snow, all right? <laughs> so uh, so let's go ahead and, and get to it. Um, plus, I looked back on the podcast uh, from last week, and I said, oh, man, I done done it again. I done preached the hour, but I can't be going hours and hours. Sister Money Long. Amen. So um, amen. If you know, you know. Systematic. Somebody say systematic. The word systematic you should have in your notes, and I love, I heard that some of you, you know, actually go back and, um, and, and take notes. I have people who text me throughout the week, um, you know, some, some revelations and some even images and things that they found that match up with the word and confirmation and things like that. So thank you for being an active listener, but taking it beyond today and actually meditating on the word of God. Uh, the word systematic is defined as done or acting according to a fixed plan or what? System. It means methodical, and the root word for systematic is, of course, system. Okay? Uh, the word system is defined as a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done, an organized framework or method. Somebody say organized we said that that's going to be another important word to keep in our word bank. Uh, systematic breakthrough. It won't just happen by what? By happenstance. It will happen by honoring systems. Amen. There we go. And so our, our theme or focal scripture is John chapter 9. And uh, we took a look at uh, verses 1 through 11 in the New Living Translation, but the key verse was found in verse number 7. And then we have a little phrase, if you will, that goes along uh, with uh, this scripture reference and with the thought that we have regarding systematic breakthrough, and that is go, what else? Do and receive. The, the man who was once blind, he he, he met Jesus, and he had an encounter, and he got instruction. He followed the instruction. He said, I went, I washed, and I came back seeing, all right? And so we have another light day today. We have another light day. 
Um, I was told after service last week, you know, respectfully, that part two wasn't light like I said it would be. I was told, Pastor, just because you don't raise your voice doesn't mean that it's light. <laughs> and so, you know, sorry, not sorry. Sister Demetri Lovato told us that back in 2017. Amen. Somebody say systems. 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 Last week, what we realized is that we actually, all of us, are not strangers to this thing called systems. We, in fact, use systems how often? That's it. All the time. Every day. Every single day, we use systems in some capacity. I asked by a show of hands who has a cell phone. All right? And then remember, we had some slides, and we took a look at um, the, the Apple, you know, versus the Android, and then we even threw it back to the next tail, chirp, chirp, and we realized that even the chirp, chirp was a push-to-talk system, all right? That the iOS, the iPhone operating system is a system, and that Android is an operating system, and then we said not only do we have to think about technology, and not only do we have to think about our phones, but even us in our bodies, in our mortal bodies, we um, are comprised of many, many systems. And so we start calling them out, and I realize we have a smart church because we start calling them out left and right. We have the skeletal system and the nervous system and the muscular system and the respiratory system and the endocrine system and the immune system and the cardiovascular circulatory system and the urinary system and the integumentary system and the reproductive system and the digestive system. And if it weren't for systems, the body would fail. Remember? Anybody see that on social? If it weren't for systems working together, because you can have the systems, but if they're working against each other, you're still going to fail. But if you have systems working together, then the body will operate according to the way that it was intended to operate. Somebody say systems. And so we realize that even when we talk about our, our occupation, we get up in our bodily system and we reach for our cellular device system, but then a lot of us, we go to work and we go to a system, all right? The school system, remember? The healthcare system, the government system, finance, media and entertainment, politics, technology, military, commerce, legislation, religion, communication. They are all fields that are all systems. And so the purpose of a system is to function and to function properly. The purpose of a system is functionality, all right? It's to function the way that the designer designed. And so we said, Dysfunction, anybody know about dysfunction? Uh-huh. Some of us might be in a dysfunctional relationship with some people, some places, or some things. And dysfunction, you all, is nothing but a red flag to say that we need to tighten up systems. All right? A lot of people uh, divorce because of dysfunction. And they didn't need to divorce they just needed to tighten up some systems. A lot of people leave 
from different organizations and different, you know, things that they're part of because of dysfunction. Dysfunction does not mean it's time to go. Dysfunction means that it's time to work together to grow, all right? And so we have to be careful not to interpret dysfunction as a means to an end. Just like God can heal you in your body, he can heal you in other types of systems. But do not ignore dysfunction. Do not ignore dysfunction. A lot of people have learned to function with dysfunction. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a, um, what do you call it when, when somebody is, they have an addiction and they, they, they can go on with life? Yeah, right, function, yeah, see? That don't even make sense. A functional X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. That, that's an oxymoron. You're dysfunctional. And we need to address your dysfunction because that's a red flag, all right, that we need to tighten. We're not going to throw you away, but we're not going to ignore it either, okay? All right, so take that how you need to take that. When you operate in God's systems, the miraculous has no choice but to flow in your life. When you operate in God's systems, breakthrough has no choice but to flow in your life. When you operate in God's systems, somebody say God's systems. Yeah, come on, you got to say it dramatically. God's systems. Then you see the hand of God literally in every area of your life. See, the hand of God is so big that when the hand of God is on you, it covers everything, every crack and crevice. See, some people can bless you in one area, and they might be able to bless you in another. But when God's hand is on you, the hand of God is so big and so powerful that nothing will be untouched. No part of your life will be uncovered. When his hand is on you, you have full coverage. When his hand is on you, every crack and crevice of your life is going to be introduced to the miraculous power of God. Come on. Is God's hand on anybody today? When you operate in God's systems, you can't escape favor. Come on. When you operate in God's systems, You'll look up and you'll look up and you'll look up again and blessings, Bishop, pouring like wine off of the mountains and the hills. I'm here to tell you today that that kind of living is available. But it's available by operating in and honoring his system. Aren't you tired of having proportional blessings? And remember, we talked about the compartmentalization of, listen, because a lot of that stuff is done in our own power, and it's done in depending on other people. But when you operate in God's systems, the hand of God will be on each and every part and area of your life. You ever notice people who, they just, they just seem blessed. It seems like whatever they do is blessed. Whatever they touch it prospers no matter where they go. It reminds me of Joseph. Remember, I preached about him on, uh, on uh, the Christmas extravaganza, and I told you that Joseph, the hand of God was on him, so it didn't matter where you put him. You could throw him in the pit. You could throw him behind bars. No matter where you put him, it wasn't what was around him. It was what was on him. 
And the hand of God was on him. And so this is an example of what happens when you honor God's systems. Remember, Joseph, if nobody else, honored God. And when you honor God, God will honor you. A living witness. Remember, I proved it to you with a little testimony time. Uh-huh. With uh, Elder Let Carmen over there. <laughs> Anybody want to update on that? All right, come on. Let's, let's take a look at the screens. I brought some visual aids. Listen, she, she was faithful to perform. She wasn't just talking. It wasn't just an idea. Oh, come on, Elder Let. That's it. Come on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, that's one of them. Yeah, that's it. Amen. She got the oil now and the other oil. Amen. Uh-oh, come on. She, she had a whole chicken. I came downstairs with a whole chicken. That's it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, indeed. If you don't know what we're talking about, you need to watch part two. You need to catch up on part two. But I'm here to tell you. Yeah, come on. That's it. Yeah, go ahead and give her a hand. And it was good as it looked. It was good as it looked. You was why? Yeah, because yeah, anything can look. It was good as it looked. I ain't have to come behind her and add no, you know, seasoning. No, it was, it was great. It was great. I'm here to tell you. It was great. And um, <laughs> yes, indeed. So yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to get caught up. Get caught up on part two. Um, but this is an example of how every area, come on, somebody, every area. <laughs> and so um, in the midst of my funny story that I told you about Dr. Carmen, um, especially in the part about her watching these different cooking shows like Master Chef and uh, Hell's Kitchen Chopped and all of that, I told you that I knew one day it was going to jump on her. Remember I said that? And, and make sure that you have this written down, that your entertainment will become your implementation. All right? Your entertainment will become your implementation. What has your eye will soon have your hands. What has your eye will soon have your hands. Okay? And you can't continuously, over and over, subject yourself to the sight of a thing without soon being surrounded by the reality of that thing, either subliminally or substantially. What you're constantly, especially voluntarily, subjecting yourself to seeing is making a vision board for the direction of your life. Okay? And remember, I didn't just tell you this story to be funny. I told it because Dr. Carmen decided that she wants to start cooking more in 2022, and we now have implemented a new what? System, okay? A new system for grocery shopping, for cooking, and things like that. And I segued that into the fact that the Lord wanted me to make clear to all of you that when we talk about systematic breakthrough, that it's not just all deep stuff and spiritual stuff. We're also talking about practical stuff and basic stuff. And so while some of our systematic breakthrough is going to start in our heart, some of our systematic breakthroughs are going to start in our home, okay? In our home. All of our systems are at the root going to deal with 
organization. 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 And I was talking after church uh, with uh, Dr. Mike and Dr. Renee, and that came up um, about how the, the beautiful thing about this systems, that is, is that they are an organism. They are a living organism. And so as Minister Car- as, as Elder Let Carmen and I um, endeavor to start a new system, because it's a living organism, if we find that something doesn't work, guess what? We can change it. Yep. If something does work, we can keep it. All right. So don't have the, the pressure on you uh, to know. What did I say a few weeks ago? That there's no penalty for the pivot. There's no penalty for the pivot, okay? Um, But it is about an organization. It is an organism. And the idea is that God wants us to merge the compartments, Sister Vivian, of our lives because we have compartmentalized and looked at stuff as separate that's actually intertwined. It's not separate at all. And we've settled for seeing success in areas but God wants us to see success in life. The people who have um, all of the money in the world and all of the world's measures of success and who are miserable and who literally cry themselves to sleep at night or who are lonely or people who end up you know, harming themselves in some way, it's an example of having success in an area. But that's not fulfillment. It's not fulfilling. That they're, they're, they're still empty in other areas and other more important areas. And that's why they're in the state that they're in. And that's why I'm making sure that we don't settle for success in areas because that's not the hand of God. The hand of God on you means that God wants to see you successful in life. Somebody say life. Remember, He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not work, not church, not marriage, not ministry as separate entities, but life. Hallelujah. But life. And if the truth were told, we came to the conclusion that some of us actually, honestly, have not yet done the natural organization to receive what we've been praying for in the spirit. Uh, We don't have the natural capacity, capacity, capacity was an important word from last week, to hold what we're asking for spiritually. But we came with some good news, and the good news is that it doesn't always have to be like that. We can, even if we don't now, uh, we can, and the enemy wants you to believe that because you don't have the capacity now that you never will, but that's not true because there's a difference between ability and capacity. Capacity is dealing with space, and ability is dealing with means. Y'all remember the trunk story and the trunk image, okay? I won't get into all of that. Again, you got to check out part two, but one thing that was very um, important, at least as far as I'm concerned, is what are you willing to lay down? in order to increase your capacity. And the word of the Lord was, and still is, that we have the means, but we must make the space. Okay? We have the means, but we must make the space. What if your holdup is not spiritual at all? 
What if it's practical? Okay. Systematic breakthrough involves not asking God to bless your mess. Declutter. Reorg. It's a season of not just checking off spiritual boxes, but checking off natural ones as well. And lastly, you cannot turn a blind eye. These are the spark notes. You cannot turn a blind eye to and or neglect your humanity in pursuit of all things divine. All right? And so we left off with a key component when it comes to implementing systems, and that is someone to stand in the what? In the gap. That's it. Someone to stand in the gap. The gap stands for what, y'all? It stands for game plan. It stands for accountability. And it stands for performance. All right? If we still have it, we can show it. Game plan, accountability, and performance. Remember, we're not giving motivation without methods. All right? So we had some homework. Y'all remember your homework? Okay. Now, I didn't per se say when it was due. So if you haven't done it yet, you still have time especially because some of you may need the information that's being given today in order to uh, do your homework well. But your homework was identify three areas of your life that could use some organization and systems. Identify someone to stand in the gap for you during your implementation of the new organization or systems and create performance evaluation markers and timelines to track your progress. And you got to share that with your gap partner, all right? So we got gap insurance this year, amen? <laughs> and so today in part three, I want us to really quickly dig a little deeper with regards to this word accountability. Somebody say accountability. Accountability. This is truly a season for accountability, uh, for checks and balances. Uh, this is a time where we need to make sure that we are accountable. And so what I realized is if we um, are honest, some of us are still struggling with some stuff that we are struggling with because we've been struggling alone. Some of us have been struggling with some stuff that we've been struggling with because we have been struggling alone because it's been secret and because it's been private and because we keep it to ourselves. And so it is literally eating us up inside. We try to overcome it, but we fail. We think we've overcome it and we go back to it and nobody knows. Nobody knows. And so accountability is important for reasons such as that, all right? Uh, the word accountable, somebody say accountable. The word accountable, if we break down the word, we see the word account, all right? The word account, that means a report. That's real simple. It means a report, all right? Uh, Dr. T, as an accountant, she makes financial reports. An account is a report. Um, then if we look at uh, that suffix there, able, A-B-L-E, it means capable of, and check this out, allowed to, all right? capable of and allowed to. The word report means give a spoken or written account of something that one has observed, 
heard, done, or investigated. And so this means that when we are inviting an accountability partner, we are allowing for them to give a report of us, okay? We are allowing for them to give a spoken or written account of something that they've observed concerning us, all right? That's accountability. The word accountability is defined as um, answerable, okay? Um, literally liable to be called to account. Most of us, we don't want to answer to anybody. We don't want to answer to anybody. Uh, but accountability is answering to somebody. The thing is, you all, what I realize is we definitely should choose to implement earthly accountability because we will one day be forced to face heavenly accountability. Let's say that again. We should choose, while it's in our power, to implement earthly accountability because one day we will be forced to face heavenly accountability. So if you try to escape accountability on earth, you can't escape it <laughs> on the day of judgment. Okay? So you might as well practice being accountable now. Let's look at Romans 14, 12. That's Romans 14, 12. How am I doing? We got to get that clock on. <laughs> That's Romans 14, 12. Let's go there. And it says this, so then each of us shall give account of himself to who? To God. How many of us? All of us? I thought it's not some of us. It's not a select few of us. It's not the talented tenth of us. No, okay, each of us. Oh, that includes me. Uh-oh. Each of us shall give account of himself to God. Write that down. Uh, let's also look at Hebrews 4.13. Hebrews 4.13. It says this. Uh-oh, praise him. <laughs> Hebrews 4.13. Okay, it says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight. Okay, no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Who's we? Mm -hmm. We is we. We is us. I am we. Okay? Make sure you have that written down. Listen, I, 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 I want to be accountable because one of my biggest fears is getting to heaven and God putting up on the big heavenly screen all the notes on my phone of stuff that I didn't act on. Mm -hmm. All the ideas, all the revelations, all the sermons, all the books, etc. That's, that's one of my biggest fears. And so what I realize is that if I let the right people know about them and hold me accountable to them, that will lessen my chances of having that to happen. Amen? Yeah, that's just me. I'm just, I'm just being honest. That's me. So there are three things that accountability is that I want you to write down. Accountability is consented. 
All right? Com uh, accountability is consented. Accountability is communicative. And accountability is consistent. Okay? Accountability is consented, it's communicative, and it's consistent. All right? What do we mean by consented? The, that word means permission for something to happen or agreement to do something. It means authorization, all right? So that's up to us, the one who's being held accountable. We literally have to give that access. We have to give that permission. We have to be in agreement and give the authorization for that accountability, all right? Now, if, if somebody's trying to hold you accountable and it's not consented, depending on who it is, that might be a stalker. That might be somebody trying to get in your business. That might be a gossiper. I don't know who that is. But make sure that you have granted the permission and that you have come into agreement and that you have given the authorization. Now, don't let it be that God has sent somebody legit and you're not consenting then that's on you, okay? Accountability is communicative. That means ready to talk or impart information. It means forthcoming. It means vocal. It means open. It means candid, all right? So there's no sense in having accountability if we're not going to be open with them, if we're not going to talk to them. And when we talk, if we're not going to tell them the truth, the truth, okay? At the end of the day, it's all on us. You can have the bomb accountability partner. But if I know some people that have gone to therapy lying, and that's why they need to go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it don't matter. You can have a bomb therapist. You can have a bomb pastor. You can have the bomb accountability partner. It's still up to you. The responsibility is on you. And so one of the things that I'm stressing that it's important to do when it comes to this system of accountability is to tell the truth. To tell the truth. To tell the truth. It's no sense in going to the doctor and not telling the doctor what you're really feeling, what you're really seeing, and what's really going on. Okay? So that should be the same thing for anybody who's around you to help you. You have to let them know what you're really feeling, <laughs> what you're really seeing, and what's really going on. And then the last thing is it's got to be consistent. It's got to be consistent, all right? That one is more so on the end of uh, the one who is holding you accountable. It has to be consistent. That means acting or done in the same way over time, especially so as to be fair or accurate. It means regular. It means dependable. It means constant. All right. I in the past have had some good accountability partnership, but it didn't last. It fizzled and we never discussed it ending. And so I don't know, I may have been one of those people as well. So we're just going to make sure that moving forward, we know that we can't just get excited and talk about gap partnership, and pastors preaching about accountability, and now, you know, we're all accountable, and we're checking in like we're supposed to, and then, next thing you know, check with me next month when we're on a new series, and, ooh, it's been a while. 
since I reached out. So make sure that as an accountability partner that you are consistent. Use your tools and your resources. If you're anything like me, if you don't write it down, if you don't put, put some alarm or something dun -dun 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 -dun, that's going to go off, then, then it's not going to happen. So since I know that, I have got to the habit of making Sister Suri my secretary, and I'll say, hey, Suri, remind me to do X, Y, and Z, right? And so if you that's if you have the iOS. I don't know how the Android works. I'm not trying to get back on that conversation. But if you have iOS, then all you got to do is say, hey, Suri, and Suri will say, hey, Joseph. Hey, you know, hey, what's up? And so then I say, remind me every day at 6 p.m. to check on Brother Law. Okay? That's why, Brother Law, you've been getting them texts. See, people be asking me, too, to hold, to hold them accountable. And guess what? Bro Brother Law would be waiting and waiting and wondering where I am if I didn't ask Sister Surrey. All right? So don't try to be, I'm not trying to be, you know, no, 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 super power, no, super, whatever. I need, I need help to help you. And so whatever you need to do in order to make yourself a good accountability partner, do that. For me, it's reminders in my phone. I do a lot of things. So if I'm going to help you in my personal time, then I'm going to have to make sure that that's on my radar. All right? So same thing with you. Find out what you need to do in order to be consistent. Some of us open the refrigerator so much <laughs> that we should put a note on our refrigerator. So every time we go to open the refrigerator, we're reminded that, hey, I'm holding somebody accountable, and I need to be consistent. So I don't know what's going to work for you, but whatever is going to work for you, then make sure that if you agree to accountability, then you are dependable. You're regular, you're constant, you are consistent. Somebody say consistent. Amen. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17. Let's take a look at that. Proverbs 27, 17. Yep, Proverbs 27, 17. It's a familiar scripture. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Let's look at it in the Amplified. The Amplified of Proverbs 27, 17 puts it this way. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens, blessed by the brackets, and influences another through discussion. Uh-oh. Sounds like communication. Sounds like we're being communicative. Okay? As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. I love uh, this symbolism of iron here because iron can't be sharpened alone. Iron has to be sharpened by iron. And we can't be sharpened alone either. We have to be sharpened by another, all right? Another brother or sister. James 5.16, giving you tools for the task. James 5.16, let's go there. 
It says, well, let me, let me first look at it in the New King James Version. James 5, 16. Uh, Confess your trespasses or your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay? So right there, I'm automatically thinking, is there an area that I want healing in, but I haven't confessed to anybody? And I don't have anybody praying for me in that area? Okay? It says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay? Let's look at that and Amplified. James 5.16 says this. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. It says that the heartfelt, and persistent prayer of a righteous man, in parentheses, a believer, is able to accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Amen? This is scripture. I'm just showing you that I'm not making uh, this system up. All right? This is scripture. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And it says this, it says in the New King James, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Comfort each other and edify one another. The Amplified says, therefore, encourage and comfort one another and build up one another. Build up one another. Build up one another just as you're doing. And then I want to look at Ecclesiastes uh, 4 and 9. Not a book you go to every day. But here we are in Ecclesiastes 4.9 in uh, New King James Version. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, okay, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. Anybody ever been alone when you fall? That's how we are when we're trying to get over, you know, these, these, these things that we haven't uh, confessed. And now we fall, and you're on your own. Just like you were on your own to get the victory that you thought you had, now you'd have failed, and you're on your own to get up. Woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. He has no one to help him, all right? Uh, let's look at that in the Amplified. It says, two are better than one because they have a more satisfying return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and does not have another to lift him up. Okay? Let's not be alone when we fall because you, you may fall. You, listen, you may fall. Young men should utterly fall. Uh, but they that wait on the Lord, all right? 
And one of the systems that the Lord has given us is this thing called accountability. I want you to be careful of one word, and I want you to write it down big and bold in your notes. I want you to be careful of pride. I want you to be careful of pride. I want you to look out for pride. Don't want you to get hit upside the head with pride. Guess why? Because the scripture says pride comes before the fall. <laughs> pride comes before the fall. That's Proverbs 16, 18. Watch out for pride because pride can block a lot of things, and one of them is accountability. The idea that you somehow have arrived to a place in God where you don't need accountability. Woo! Woe to him. Woe to him. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who you are. We all need accountability. And to think that you can do it on your own is prideful. Mm -hmm. It's prideful. Or to think that some kind of way you are such a person on such a pedestal that you don't want people to know you have weaknesses. Oh, prideful. I'll tell you all in a minute. That's why I, I made it very plain last week that I'm preaching with the passion and the power and authority of God. But Joe is saying, ouch, when y'all say ouch. This, this is ministering to me as well. I'm applying this to my life. I'm not giving you homework that I'm not doing. Don't you look at me as nobody no different than you. I just have a different gift, and I, I, have, I have a different calling. But when I operate in that, that's operating in and through God. I'm not God. <laughs> Let's not get it twisted. And so I never want to be prideful for somebody to think that I have no weaknesses, that I need no help. And so make sure that you're not living life as if you have no weaknesses and you need no help. Amen? We all need accountability. We all need accountability. I mean, from the youngest to the oldest. You remember we used to go on field trips, and we used to get a, a little buddy. Sometimes you get a hall buddy. You get a, you know, make sure you get back on this bus with who you left with. Accountability. We need accountability. And that way, somebody's looking for you. Somebody can take account of you. And if you fall, somebody can say, wait a minute. My man's not here. Where'd he go? A lot of us are in the pits of life that we're in and the pits of sin that we're in because we don't have anybody looking for us or checking for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we didn't fail and life didn't went on. I mean, we're showing up physically, but I mean spiritually. We fall in spirit and we're, and we're still in the pit because nobody knows. Nobody knows, and nobody knows to look out for us. Nobody knows that this is an area where we keep falling and we keep stumbling, and nobody knows that when something is off with us, that that's the first place they should look. Hmm? So now, when you are showing up physically, but people know something is off spiritually, you got them looking all around town 
and you're suffering longer than you could, would, and should have because you have given nobody a marker of identification, an identifier to know, hey, if you're looking for me, if I'm absent spiritually, if something's off, I'm probably right there. I hope y'all getting this. And so people need to know where to look for you if you're missing. Hmm? Yeah, check in, check in, check in. In the house I grew up in, you, you need, the house needed to know where you were. Yeah, yeah, that, that, the house I grew up in, that's it. You can go wherever you want to go. I, I, I just need to know because if something happens to you, Huh? And so, and so remember the intertwining of the, 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 the spiritual with the natural. Spiritually, too, somebody needs to know <laughs> where you're going so that if for some reason you don't make it back to where you said you was going to make it, I know where you were. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope y'all getting this online. I know they're getting it in the room. And so we have to be okay. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to be held accountable. Guess why that rule was in place in my home? Because I was loved. Mm -hmm. It's not because nothing was wrong with me. It's not because I was liable to go missing. It wasn't none of that. It was that I was loved. And if we start to look at accountability as love, then maybe we would embrace more accountability. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. If we started to look at accountability as love, then maybe we would start to embrace more accountability. But the enemy wants you to say, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. I don't need nobody checking for me. I'm grown. And you're a grown failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your independence has led to your idolatry because you made an idol out of yourself because you're saying not only do I not need God, I don't need his system of accountability. I just laid it out for you in the word. Yeah? And so for the sake of time, I'm wrapping up. And I'll say to you, <laughs> I'll say to you this, trust me, we're still talking about accountability next week. I'll say to you this, to, when it comes to words like this, you know, literally take them this week. Like I said, I know there are people who re-watch, re-listen. There's some stuff that you need to hear again, especially as you map out your game plan for your accountability, all right? Make sure that you take this stuff seriously. I'm... I'm hearing from God. He's, he's giving me stuff to give you. Don't let it be in vain. All right? Don't let it be in vain. Make sure that if you are somebody who's dealing with pride, that you address pride this week. Don't go another week prideful. Don't go another day prideful. Tonight, you might need to go to sleep looking up scriptures on pride. And praying to God on ways to get over 
pride in your life. Pride comes before the fall. The scripture says, and we say it in benediction, now unto him who's able to keep us from falling. When we say now unto him, we're saying now unto him, we're also saying now unto his systems. Now unto the things that he has put in place to keep me from falling. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's love. Whew, that's love. Thank you, Jesus. That's love. Now unto him who is able to keep me from falling. And so, I would love for us to fall less in 2022 and our testimony will not be that you know look how tight i got look you know I'm, I'm i'm growing i'm this and that our testimony will be like that of the man at the pool of salome it'll be that i went that i washed and that i came back seeing that means that i went i did what he told me to do and that's the reason why i stopped falling into the trap and the snare of the enemy. Amen? This has been Systematic Breakthrough Part 3. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. This is enough. This is enough to meditate on in preparation for next week. Amen? Whew, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is life. We thank you that your word is bringing life to our spiritual body, and to our physical bones. We thank you, Father God, that your word is bringing life to our minds and to our spirits. We thank you, Father God, that your word will not return void, but it will accomplish each and everything that is set out to accomplish. We thank you, Father, that we will literally hide the word and hide it in our hearts so that we may not sin against you. We want to be better for you, God. We want to be better for your glory. We want to honor you. We want to honor your systems. Father God, we thank you for sending us these words week after week to help us on our journey. And we pray for the spirit of implementation that we will not be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. We thank you and we praise you in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. God, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for your word. Hallelujah. And so as we uh, come to a close in our service, we never, ever, ever take for granted that everybody in the room or watching is the saved of God. And so if you're here in the room or if you're watching, today can be your day. Today can be your day to be received into the family of God. As a human being, we're all creations of God, but we become children of God when we accept him as our father. And so how do you do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The scripture says that there are two things that we must do that qualify us to be a child of God, and that is number one, to confess with our mouths and to believe in our hearts that God raised his son Jesus from the dead, and then we will be made righteous. We are saved. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to pray a prayer. And as I pray the prayer, I want you to repeat after me. 
And if you repeat after me and really believe it, you are part of God's family. Dear Jesus, I know I am a sinner and need your forgiveness. I believe you died in my place and rose from the grave to make me new and to prepare me to live in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Forgive my sins and save me. I place my trust in you alone for my salvation. And I accept your free gift of eternal life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's clap it up in case anybody received Jesus today. If you're on the stream and you received him, then type, I am saved. All right? Our second appeal is to let you know that God desires for you to be in relationship with him. He also desires for you to be in fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ, as we see here in the Word. And so if you are somebody who does not have a church home, if you're somebody who feels God calling you this way, then we welcome you with open arms to become a part of the Word of Prayer Cultural Center family. And so if that's you today, um, if you're in the room, you can wave your hand. If you're on a live stream, you can type, I'm part of the family, and we will welcome you accordingly. Amen? Let's give it up in case that's anybody today. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Was anybody blessed today? Whew, I know I was. I know I was. Thank you, God, for the word, and thank you for honoring our prayer. Yes, Lord. So um, we are still on break uh, from Bible study. There also is no WPBI this week because of the MLK holiday. And so make sure that you are yourself intentional about spending time with God. You don't need Bible study this week on a live stream because you've been given enough Bible to study and you've been given enough stuff to do this week, all right, to hold you over. So make sure uh, that you are tapped in and um, yeah, that's all we have today. Stay safe and look out for some more meals from hashtag Carmen Cooks. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for everything that took place. God, we thank you uh, for being a God who literally honors us when we honor you. Thank you, Lord, for honoring our prayer today and for showing up and speaking to us exactly what it is that we needed. Uh, we come thanking you that everything was done in a spirit of excellence as unto you. We thank you, Father, that you got glory out of everything that took place today. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his father's face with exceeding joy. Be glory, dominion, and power henceforth and forevermore. Let God's people shout amen, amen, amen. God bless you.